Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we interview intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Today's podcast includes a throwback interview with one of our early guests. The Unpacking It radio show began in August 2012, and over the years, we've had the privilege of talking with players, coaches, entertainers, authors, and broadcasters, and throughout that time. Technology has improved, sound quality has as well, and and even though some of those early interviews are, are funny for me to listen to, I think they're some of our, our best guests, and, and, and they're still some of my, my favorite stories that we've heard on this show, and so that's why we want to continue to make these available to you and, and wanted to share today's interview with you. So I hope you'll enjoy today's podcast and and check out all of our current and past interviews from over the years. Also, be sure to sign up for the Unpack This email devotional blog on unpackingit.com. But let's jump right in. I hope you enjoy today's guest. Today, our guest is a former NBA player who played from 1992 to 2004. He also spent time as a college basketball analyst for ESPN. But now he's an assistant coach for his alma mater, the University of North Carolina. Hubert Davis joins us now. Coach, how are you? Doing good. How are you doing today? Doing great. Glad to have you on. And we'll, we'll talk a, a little bit about UNC first because the, the, the season ended early. Uh, but what are the memories or the positives that you take away from, from your second year on the bench? Well, I thought it was, um, you know, obviously it's, it's always disappointing when, when you don't get to a Final Four or win a national championship. You know, at Carolina, that's that's your goal every year is to win the ACC regular season, tournament title, and get to a Final Four national championship. So mm-hmm. when that doesn't happen, you know, you fall short of, of, of what you hope for and your goals. But um, I thought our team um, had a great year. Um, it was it was a, it was a team and a program that I think um, dealt with a lot of uncertainty, mm. a lot of adversity, um, not knowing whether PJ Harrison was going to play, not knowing if Leslie McDonald was going to play, um, having a, a new lineup, having a lot of young guys um, having to play prominent roles in the rotation and, and expecting them to produce on a consistent basis. Um, I thought we were awesome this year. I mean, uh, the experiences that we had beating uh, great programs like Louisville and Kentucky and Michigan State and and Duke at home and having an opportunity right there up eight with about a little bit over three minutes to go to get into the Sweet 16. That's right. Um, I think this team um, continued to improve, and I think Coach Williams did an outstanding job with this group. Absolutely no. It was a, it was a, a special year, especially during the during the run. Uh, you guys were, were winning every every night, so that was great for sure. And and I guess I'm curious now that it's the off season, what does that look like for for you personally, but then also as an assistant coach and, and kind of your responsibilities during the off season? Well, I mean, you know, during the off season, obviously this, but um, it's a great time for individual work. You know, when they come back for summer school, we have an opportunity to be able to get down on the floor and just work individually, and that's where you get better. I mean, you get better in practice in the games, but where you see that improvement is that time that you put in the gym by yourself or one-on-one with the coach, just working on things that that you particularly don't do well and um, so that in the next year uh, you can be even better on both ends of the floor. So I'm excited about that, just 
having that time one-on-one on the courts is probably the, the most fun that I have as a coach, just watching these kids continue to grow and then seeing it play out during the season. Um, it's also recruiting. Um, mm. You know, and recruiting is 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 a nonstop monster, um, probably from the standpoint, you know, it's different that when I was in school, you can guarantee guys would be in school at least three or four years. So there wasn't a sense of urgency um, in that area. But now it is because you just never know. I mean, this year we're surprisingly losing James Michael McAdoo. And so, yeah, um, yeah we have, you know, Bryce Johnson, and, the other um, Bryce Johnson. <laughs> yeah, the other Bryce Johnson. The other Bryce. We'll take you too. There so. you go. There you go. <laughs> we'll take we'll take you too, and uh, Isaiah Hicks, and you know Joel James, and so we've we've got depth there. But you know you just never know what's going to happen after next year. So you almost have to over recruit. Um, mm. um, well, and, and explain that a little bit. Over recruit. Well, um, when I was in school. You know, Coach Smith would never recruit at your position until your junior year. So, yeah, I'm kind of I'm coming in as a, a shooting guard. He wouldn't recruit a shooting guard until my junior year. So, Donald Williams came in as a freshman, and I was a senior. Yep. And so, and the reason why he could do that is because back in those days very few guys even left after three years so you can count on guys being in your program for four years now you just never know um Mm. you know we got kendall marshall left after two years reggie bullock surprised us and left last year Mm -hmm. i mean just think of our team with kendall marshall and reggie (laughs) bullock and pj harrison on there i mean not saying anything connecticut is a wonderful program and they're deserving to win a national championship but i like our chances being there with those three so you you can't wait three years to recruit at a particular position. You have to overload at a position just in case somebody has a great year and decides to leave. Wow. Hubert Davis from North Carolina here on Unpacking It today. He's an assistant coach with them. And but before we get into your story, I, I did want to ask you, because we're, we're talking about recruiting and, and guys leaving early, What what is your solution to kind of the problem that we see now with really the NBA, college basketball? There's just everybody's kind of got an opinion on this. Where do you stand as to, to kind of what needs to happen really to benefit everybody, including the kids that are ultimately the ones leaving early? Well, first of all, I think, you know, that there's got to be um, an initiative where um, – college coaches, um, NBA coaches, NBA personnel, um, players association from the NBA, um, make it a point to get together and talk. Mm. And um, right now that's not happening. I don't understand why it hasn't happened uh, because, honestly, I just think it's a no-brainer. Having the kids, you can adopt any rule. I, I I think kids should be in school all four years, but the you know That's a lot right. of people have thrown out the baseball rule. If you want to go pro right out of high school, go. If you go to college, you have to stay three years. I love that. Yeah. And um, um, I, I, I just I, one it makes college basketball better. It yep. allows kids um, to come here in college and unpack their bags. Um, allows them to enjoy college. It gets them closer to a degree. And it gives them an opportunity to get better and grow, and so that if they're good enough to go in the NBA, they're not going into the NBA with potential. They're going on production. They can produce, and so it's, I think it's also better for the NBA. I mean, they get a better product. I mean, look what the 
what they have to pick from True. the NBA draft this year. They, there's not one kid that's going in the NBA draft now that's ready to start and produce and be the guy, a part of their program, a part of their team, organization. They're, they're, it's built all on potential. Yeah. And so every year you're drafting guys on potential. And, and, and what it's doing, it's weeding out the veterans in the NBA, you know, the 11 and 12-year-old yeah. vets that are so vital in teaching the young guys how to be a professional, those guys are getting dropped out because they can't afford them, and they bring in the young guys with potential that have no idea about life and no idea how to play. Oh, uh, yeah, I totally agree. And, and man, I, it, it just seems like the conversation is starting to uh, intensify. So hopefully we'll see see something change here soon. But we're joined today by Hubert Davis here on Unpacking It, assistant coach for UNC. And, and Hubert, I want to get into your story a little bit. And you, you had a nice NBA career. And, and I'm curious with, with the transition that you made first from the NBA to TV and people know you as a, as a college basketball analyst. I want to talk about that first, and then we'll get into the, the transition to coaching. So what went into that decision of, oh, I want to be on, on TV and, and how you ended up at ESPN? Well, I mean, I never wanted to be on TV. That was something that I had never thought about, really? never considered, never dreamed of. Um, actually, um, it was um, my last year in the NBA. I was with the New Jersey Nets, and uh, I wasn't playing at all. And one of the games that uh, that coach put me in was against the New Orleans Hornets. And for whatever reason, he put me in that game. And I played well that game. I got player of the game, got interviewed on radio and television. Yeah. And the rest of the year, I, I hardly even played. I sat the bench. Hmm. Yeah, but there was a broadcasting agent in New York City that was getting ready to go to bed and clicked on the local news and heard my interview, thought I spoke okay, got the number of my basketball agent, called me, and asked me if I would be interested in analyst work, and I told wow. him no. Really? I, said, uh, I was been in speech therapy since I was in elementary school. The last thing that I want to do is do public speaking, be on television. Oh. I, you know, I have problems with pronunciation. That's the last thing I want to do. And he's like, "Well, would you like to do pro or college?" And I said, "Well, I just told you I don't want to <laughs> do this, but if I were to do it, I would love college." He goes, "Well, you know, that's hard to come by. NBA is easier because huh. you're in the NBA." And I said, "Well, fine. Then appreciate your call." And he called back two months later and said there was an opening to try out for ESPN. I was like, "I just, I thought I told you I didn't want to do this." And he kept calling and bugging me, and wow. I just. And at that time, I was a player development coach for the Dallas Mavericks after I retired in 2004. So mm-hmm. I actually went up there to try out just to get the guy to stop calling me. So I went <laughs> up there, tried out, and got the job, and ended up ended up loving it. Um, loved the people, loved the opportunity to get back in college basketball. And I mean, it was never my passion to be on TV and sit at a desk and analyze players and coaches and programs, but. Um, it kept me around the game, and uh, the seven years I was with ESPN, I absolutely loved it. Oh, that's neat. What, what exactly did you love about it? What, what were some of those those aspects of it? I, the number one thing that I loved about it was being around um, different programs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just you know I spent I was at you know spent a whole practice just sitting down talking basketball with Tom Izzo. I sat down a whole practice just talking basketball with Coach K. Mm. You know, I've been to Louisville practices and shoot-arounds and sat down and talked to, you know, Coach Patino. Just being around different programs and seeing how 
they got it done and how and what they did to be successful. And it was great because coming from North Carolina, which I believe in the Carolina way, mm. you think that's the only way. <laughs> but it's not the only way. There's <laughs> other ways um, to have a gro- great program. It may not be the way that you particularly pick, but it, it gave me a great respect of all the other programs and what the coaches actually do and all the traditions around the country. And I think that's the best. I just have such a greater appreciation of all the programs and what the coaches and programs do. Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's a really cool perspective. We're we're joined today by Hubert Davis, assistant coach at UNC. And and Hubert, I I know that your your faith is important to you. And so kind of as as we get into now the the next transition of your life I'm just curious how how faith played into the decision making because here you are on ESPN you got one of the marquee spots when it comes to covering college basketball and then all of a sudden we find out that you're going to the bench at UNC to to be a part of Roy Williams staff so what led to that and and kind of what what played into that well I mean I um you know I had every intention on being with ESPN actually um, that was a couple of years ago was the last year on my contract and I was in the beginning stages of renegotiating my contract. So, you know, I had every intention of going back and, mm. um, I loved working there and coach Williams, um, sent me a text and said, you know, if you're in town, is, is there any way you can stop by the office? And I told him I was at breakfast. I said, I, I can stop by right after breakfast. So I stopped by his office and, mm. I thought what he was going to ask was if I could change the dates of my Christian basketball camp. It, I've had a you know a two and a half day Christian basketball camp for the last fifteen fifteen years at the Smith Center. Oh, that's and awesome! So I thought he was going to ask, you know, could you change the dates or the times? And so when I came into the office, that was my thinking. And when I came in, he said, you know, I just wanted to ask you a favor and I said that's fine coach you can you know you can ask me anything he goes well this is a big favor I said okay that's fine (laughs) and he says I want you to be an assistant coach on my staff and I was like what (laughs) and I just got totally caught off guard I don't remember anything else Mm. he said but I left the office I went back home I started crying Hmm. I came in my wife saw me crying I said sit at the dinner table and she's like, what is going on? And I told her what happened. She started crying. And we stayed wow. at the dinner table just crying and looking at each other for the next two hours until we had to pick up our kids from school. Because we were, we were just so overwhelmed and humbled that Coach Williams would ask us and that Jesus would give us this opportunity. And I love North Carolina. I mean, I just have since a little kid. And to have an opportunity to be back in the program it was a no-brainer. And I... You know, so many people, there was only two coaches that came to me and said, congratulations. Every coach, when I first went out recruiting, the Hmm. first thing they said to me is, what were you thinking? Yeah, isn't that fascinating? What were you thinking? And that surprised me. And Hmm. um, the reason why I made this decision, number one, is I felt like this is where Christ wanted me and my family to go mm. wherever he wants us to go i'm following him i'm not going any other direction amen and then number two is i i north carolina this is where I, this is where i wanted to go since i was four years old this is a program that i was a part of for four years i love this place i i just don't love basketball i love the university and the community yeah. this is where we lived when when we when I was working with ESPN because my wife and I wanted to raise our three children here, so mm. it's not a job. This is um, 
it feels like a mission field. This is, you know, a ministry opportunity and it's just been a great two years and I'm so glad that we made the move. Wow. Well, no, I I know you got to get going, but you you talk about this being a a, a mission field, being an assistant coach and and being involved in college basketball the way that you are and the the leadership role that you have. So, so kind of explain that a little bit, unpack kind of what the, what the mission field looks like for you and, and from your perspective. Well, I mean, this is, you know, my job is obviously to be a basketball coach. I, I think it's I think it's secondary. I think it's a distant second. I think I'm here um, to serve and be an example and shed light on Christ and um, to um, be in the lives of these kids, um, to pray for these kids, to pray for their salvation, pray for the coach's salvation. I'm here to serve him. Mm. This has nothing to do about me. This has nothing to do about wins and losses has nothing to do about championships. I think all those things are great, but I'm here to serve him. Mm. And um that that that's why I'm here. That's why I was with ESPN. That's why I was in the NBA. That's why I was at North Carolina as I as I have grown in my faith, I've understood more of what what Christ wants me to do. And um um I'm just so thankful that he's given me this opportunity to be here and um, um, it's it's just really a lot of fun to be in the um be around the lives of these young kids and have a front row seat of watching them grow up. Absolutely, what what a neat story and and, and encouragement to to know that you are on the bench and that that that's the mindset that you have. So, uh, Hubert, really appreciate you you sharing uh, your story and and where you're at now and how God is using you and and your heart for service and serving Him. And so, uh, really appreciate you uh, being a part of unpacking it today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. There's Hubert Davis joining us on Unpacking It, assistant coach at the University of North Carolina, and we really appreciate him joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this classic interview here on the Unpacking It podcast and encourage you to check out some of our recent interviews as well as all the classic interviews that we have available to you on unpackingit.com or in iTunes, just search Unpacking It. And wherever you uh, listen to the podcast, I hope you'll be willing to leave uh, a comment and and a review and and offer some feedback. That especially helps in iTunes. And if you ever want to uh, offer up some some thoughts, uh, you can email me personally, Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E, at unpackingit.com. Also, be sure to check out our weekday email devotional blog. You can sign up for free on unpackingit.com. And if you feel led to support Unpacking It Ministries financially, we would greatly appreciate your monthly support. Even as little as $5 a month would just be a, a huge blessing to our ministry so that we can continue to encourage, challenge, and inspire sports fans to follow Jesus and become more like him. Thanks for all of your support. Thanks for listening today. And we'll talk to you next time on the Unpacking It Podcast.